You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, Keith. From the AfterBuzz Studios in Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menunos and Bing.com, and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies, it's AfterBuzz TV's Californication After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. If you'd like to buzz in on tonight's show, you can buzz us at 424-256-1729. That's 424-256-1729. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's Californication After Show. Welcome, everybody. This is Californication Season 6, Episode 11, called The Abbey. I'm your host, Phil Svitek, joined alongside Stephen Lemieux. Hello. And Roxy Stryer. Uh, hello. Chris Lee Kennedy is out celebrating Easter. Lame. Worst Ooh. holiday ever. I know, right? Don't say that to the Christians. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and we will be doing a special interview with Patrick Fischler, known as Gabriel, on the show. Sometime this week, so look out for that. I don't know the exact date, but, you know, just just a nebula of things to come. All right. What did you guys think? Overall thoughts of the episode? I liked it. Okay. I enjoyed it. <laughs> Thoughtful. No, I, I feel the same way. It was great. It was a beat. Um, I think it's setting us up for the finale very much so. I, I thought it was great, and uh, I've, seen, I've seen this episode a long time ago. And uh, I don't know. I, the only episode I haven't seen is the finale, so I've been dying to see it. But it has been a good journey so far. Well, that's what happens when you when you get them all and watch them all, and then you're like every week, you're like, oh, I've seen this, I've seen this. Except for the, it would be okay had I seen the finale, you know, because that was I was I shot myself in the foot by not having the finale to see. Exactly. I knew that going into it. Um, anyway, let's talk about Runkle and Ophelia and, and that whole debacle. I, uh, Oh, my God. So, of course, the first we see Marcia, she's with Karen, and Ophelia makes her appearance and invites them both to... Uh, no, 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 I, no. I know. That's I was getting to that. She she says it like she's inviting them. You, you, you all should come. I wasn't, in, I wasn't inviting you, Karen. Or she, what did she call she, it? Yeah, she said you guys should come. I wasn't inviting you. I don't, I don't remember. I was, yeah, I, I'm not inviting you. Just, it was so bizarre. The scene, I mean, we, we have that scene. Then we have the scene when Marcy's at Ophelia's place, which is a very long scene. And it's just like some of the weirdest interactions I've ever seen in my entire life. Roxy, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hone in on you for two reasons. A, you're the closest of, of having just exited out of college. Mm-hmm. And by exit, I mean gra- she graduated. Don't think she dropped out, people. Thank she, she you. She did actually graduate. <laughs> but more importantly, more, more importantly, you are a female. So I am going to steal. The closest of the three of us of being a female? Yes. Well, except for Marissa maybe in the booth if she wants to chime in. But, she wins. <laughs> uh, you know, I really loved Marcy's take on feminism today. And, and the unfortunate and sad part is I guarantee if I use that, line towards a woman, I would be kicked in the nuts. What is your take on her? I I absolutely agree, and this is why I I keep saying that feminists, in in the way that they are known and they're extremists, really piss me off, because it's about equality. It's not about uh, beating up guys for what's been done wrong to us for the past 
decades, centuries, whatever it is. I, I completely agree with her. I think that Ophelia is, what, what do we refer to her as, that bitch? That bitch. She is that bitch, like, true to her name tonight. Insane. She's a cuckoo. She's a cuckoo cuckoo, cunt. Yeah, kooky cunt. I wrote it down. Like, literally, you can't describe her any more perfectly than that. Um, I do think that Marcy is kind of another extreme. You know, she does have sex with a lot of guys. And like Ophelia says, she kind of opens her legs for anything. And that's a different kind of, I'm going to be empowered as a woman, and I'm going to sleep with as many people as men are allowed to sleep with. I would lie somewhere in between those two things. I'm not going out and proving that I'm a female and that I have all these rights by screwing a lot of guys, but I'm also not going to tase every guy that walks in. But but it's yeah, because Marcy doesn't she doesn't demean herself by sleeping with the guys. She just that's who she is. It's like she doesn't she doesn't view it as herself lowering herself. She's just like, "Oh, well, you know, do it. Have fun, whatever." I mean, the main thing is that, is that Ophelia is forcing her ideology onto anyone that she can. Well, yeah. And granted, she can't get to Karen, as she says. I can't, for the life of me, penetrate that woman. (laughs) What is it about Marcy, though, that Ophelia, she's seems to be asexual. You know, she doesn't say she's a lesbian. She's not straight. But what is it about Marcy that Ophelia is so in love with? She's pliable. Like she or impressionable is what she said about Marcy. Yes. You're still impressionable. Just basically, she can turn him, turn her into who she wants. I mean, you don't see. Look at Ophelia, her character type. She is someone who goes after Marcy. She's like so obsessed with that, and she's only had a few of those clubs because they're at Marcy's house. I mean, Marcy's probably the only person who has been like, oh, come check out this, what she's talking about. No, she has like a best-selling self-help book about sheenness and the male whatever was titled. She does, but that doesn't necessarily mean that she has friends that want to invite her all over to talk to her friends all the time. But I I, I feel like, you know, in those certain situations, like with Ophelia, she wants to take on a case, you know, and feel Mm -hmm. like, you know, I mean... uh, in Shameless, which is another Showtime show, there's people who believe you can fuck the gay out of someone. You know what I mean? And so, uh-huh. and so she really, for like, for to use that term, she wants to fuck the gay out of, uh, you know, use it as a metaphor, if you will. But she wants to f- the straight out of her. Yes. Okay. I get, I totally get what you're saying. I just think that there's so many people she's helped. I can't tell what it is. Like you know, she's made it this long in life without being attracted to somebody, except for maybe that Mexican who defiled her in the asshole at age 26. <laughs> Which is, uh, by the way, very revealing at the right time in the story. You know what I mean? It explains it explains everything kind of about her and what has led her to this point in hating men. I mean. Kind of. Like, I think that if I had some guy stick it in my ass, I wouldn't just be like, oh, that's it. I'm done. <laughs> like, okay. You realize she was raped. Yeah, yeah. I understand that. I'm just saying, like, that doesn't mean that you need to hate all men and women. Well, everyone I takes it different ways. Um, But, uh, God, you just everyone totally made Everyone takes it different ways. <laughs> pun in. You totally just made me lose my... Okay, this is... Okay, got my... Everyone takes it different ways. Everyone takes... That's Hank Moody's next book. You have a mouth, you have an ass, you know. You have an ear. (laughs) Oh, my God. All right. Go ahead, Steve. Train of thought coming back onto the rail. Um, There's there's just something about wanting to fix someone that draws you in. So, like, especially, like, I mean... My family's experience, my brother, all of his girlfriends wanted to change him. He was, he's a rocker, so of course he's just like that. Everyone thinks that they can make him the perfect person. It's just like this. This woman thinks she can make, make uh, Marcy 
into the person she wants to make her. And it and just, of course, it makes her want Marcy more when Marcy always just goes back to who she was. I agree with your point, but the person that she wants to make Marcy is what? A, a dickless with a female, specifically her person? She wants to make her turn her into who she is. She wants to not be that weird freaking Ophelia bitch because if there's another one like her, she's not weird anymore. And because she admits tonight that she's lonely. Exactly. And, you know, I mean, here's the thing, right? She's got, so she's got her feminists, and granted, she could potentially hook up with them. Marcy is a spitball of sexuality, transition that into lesbian kinkiness, Boom, and you've it. got amazing sexual activities going on. That's it. Including candy bars. It could go that far. And Astroglide. It could go that far. <laughs> this has been a great episode so far. <laughs> if you are still listening. We've, what? We, hey, we've deduced it to that. I think that's what it is. No, I, I actually Tell me agree. I'm wrong, Roxy. I can't. I can't tell you you're wrong. I mean, you, you just said she's... Anyway. People take it different ways. They do. And apparently... All know. different ways. Sometimes they like it every way. You know, you know, you've offended rape victims everywhere, Rock. You can have it your way at BK. All right, and, all right. We're gonna get off this before. Well, by the way, uh, to get us back on subject and without, you know, so what did? You, how did you guys feel about Runkle coming in to save her, being the the white and shining armor? Really, he didn't call the cops or anything. He knows who he's dealing with. No, but he, but why? You, what would they say? How did he get a text from Marcy's phone that said help? I didn't understand. Why that. didn't she call the cops? Like, if you can, from your phone, text, help, you're tied up in somebody's basement. I was thinking that Ophelia stole Runkle's phone to text help to get him to come and then was planning on doing that. But once he gets there, clearly that wasn't it because she tried to turn him away. Yeah, I was actually thinking about that, too. Yeah. No, we have no idea. I I wrote the episode wrong. I don't know. What yeah, do you seriously, want me to Phil, <laughs> you need you to call to up Tom right now and ask him. Let's get him on the show. Speaker phone, please. <laughs> wow. It's Easter. He's celebrating. This but family. yeah, so of course he's we... He's Greek. S- he's Greek, mind we, you. So we see Ophelia drinking more and more and more throughout the, throughout the episode with her interaction with Marcy and all them. And then she finally takes the dig of wine and comes back with garden shears. What's that Stephen King, uh, the book where, you know, um, she's obsessed with the writer? Oh, uh, Misery. There you go. Kind of felt like Misery. It's Misery. What? Thank you, Roxy. What what just happened? I don't know. Did you, like, come back out of reality five seconds after I said something? Just you and I keep talking. Let her her do her. So Um, now that we've we've established the fact that it was was misery, um, it is very similar to that. Because she has an obsession with Marcy, and that's what's kind of accumulating into this. But, I mean, she's not exactly hobbling Marcy. She's hobbling Marcy's... Lover, I mean, uh, Runkle, which, of course, we do get, like, when she's not in the room, we get that amazing line from Marcy, where she actually tells Runkle that she loves him. Despite all the weird... I love Runkle. Runkle needs to learn that... He doesn't know. He doesn't know when to stop. He doesn't doesn't know when to stop. The the fact that he was going to go into, you know what, you're right, despite all the amazing sex I've had with, like, not something you tell a woman. Yeah. There's etiquette, Runkle. Does does Marcy know about the 100... The goal of the 100? Uh, she, she knows to a certain... I'm sure. They, they're so about the 100 women that he wanted to have sex with? And he accomplished. He accomplished, yeah. yes. And he's over 100 now. I, that, to me, is so incredibly vile that I don't know what to say. 
Okay. Well, you don't. Do you guys know not guys. agree? Like, do you think People that take that's, it different ways? Would you, if your friend was like, "I've had sex with a hundred women," would you be like, "Yeah, you have"? Or would my you be best like, friend, my guy friend? Yes. I'd high five. I probably. Speak, I I I will not say anything. Oh come on, Phil. Yeah, but in going back to Runkle, Runkle oh, wait. again. He, he doesn't. Here's the thing. Runkle sees Faith's boobs and tells her he's going to jerk off now. Yeah. Not it, something, you know what I mean? I wrote down the Runkle conversation ender. Going to go jerk off. Yeah, it's, I don't, it's just not, Runkle needs to know that there's a certain boundary. But that was also his way of getting them out of there. Like, he knew saying that would get them on their way, and he kind of wanted them to go to the rehab. No, I don't think that there was more <laughs> thought behind it. Like, oh, I'm going to say this so they go. It's totally him. Yeah, true. I guess. Maybe a little bit of A and B. No? No. Just B. Oh. Just MB. Uh, anyway. But I'm glad I'm glad that Runkle and Marcy finally realize their love um, in this miserable situation that they find themselves yeah, in. Yeah, he does come for her, and that's really sweet, and we wanted them to end up together, and now they are, so yada yada. Like, I don't know where ne- and he, they're going to get married. And he has an obsession with the, tasing. <laughs> yeah, which was, that was funny. I mean, if I were him, I would have done the same thing. Yeah. Tased her? Yeah, definitely. Oh, of course. Definitely. Like, and it's great how their chemistry is like, I'll do it again. Only once, I'll, I'll do it again. Oh, this is hilarious. They're like little kids. Yeah. But, I mean, it, it is a lot also like misery where it's the false, the false giving in where it's like, oh, I was going to chop off his, uh, his balls and, what, feed him to my cats? And she's like, no, I want to chop him off and I'll eat him myself. <laughs> it's like, really, Marcy? And then she's like, no, let's make soup. Yes. I mean, they're, like, they're, I thought that Ophelia was going to call her out on the fact that she wanted to put his dick in her mouth even after he ate it. That's she ate it. I thought that. You I thought that. I didn't want to say it. All right, but I did. You did. And speaking of saying what you really want to say, go to iTunes, rate and comment. Let us know how you're how you're feeling. Guess what? We got one more episode left. <gasps> There's no better time to do it than now. Let us know what you guys, how you guys have felt about this season, uh, how you guys felt about us. Hopefully. You know, even if it's not so good, just give us five stars anyway. Give us five stars yeah, and talk a, a bunch of crap. Yeah. And then it's evened out. You're good. That's Karmic right. scale evened out when you give five stars and talk a bunch of crap. Um, also, I like that they gave the little thing, like, your books are unreadable. Oh, to, to Ophelia, yeah. Yeah. That bitch. I mean, she needed that. that. We needed that bitch to get her comeuppance. I mean, you know. Anyway, I, I, it's going to go on off a whole different tangent, but I'm not going to. All right, let's get to Atticus Fetch. He quit. Okay, I have to ask you guys something to start this off, because when we first find out, um, Faith is sitting with Hank, and they're talking about how they have to go get him back and all this stuff, and Faith says, if you were great once, you can be great again. Do we think that's true? Oh, I yeah. think so. Of course. Just look at Robert Downey Jr.'s career. Okay, I, right, I in a more ma- practical, yeah. I was going to say, just look at Hank. <laughs> look no, at I, Hank. I'm not saying that, do we think it's true that you can find instances of that? I'm saying, do you think that that's always true? If you were once great, you can be great again? You think it's in somebody, not at a time in life? I, I believe so. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think you have the ability to be great again. I don't think, I don't think if you're great once, you will be great again. I think it is, if you were great once, you can be great again. But if, hold on. First first off, you have to define what great is, right? It's not making a one-hit wonder. Right. That's not greatness. That's just, you know, in many ways, yes, it's a, it's a combination of things. I won't say it's fully luck. But greatness, you know, um, as Atticus, he's defined rock, you know, as they say in this show. And so to have done that, it takes a certain 
person. You know, it takes a certain uh, courage. It takes a certain uh, work ethic, you know, to a degree luck, um, happenstance, whatever it may be. So, yeah, I think he's been trained to do those things. He just needs to find his footing again, just like Hank, ultimately. I think, you know, I, I, I think Hank took that as well. Well, I mean, his greatness was defining the rock history. And now to find greatness again, he's trying to create this musical. And this musical will be his second greatness in yep. a way. That's true. I yeah. just wanted to get your guys' opinion on that because I'm not saying I disagree with it. I was just, it was a very, I think Faith makes some statements that you really need to look at the theme of the show and it kind of describes what they're getting at. And this was a big one for me. Well, again, I think, I, I think it just speaks, as much as it speaks to Atticus, it's really more speaking about Hank. Yeah. So to do this, they decide that they're going to go, they go visit Atticus at rehab, of course. Happy ending. Yeah, happy ending. And he's like meditating in his, in his mental gap, which I loved how Hank put it as the taint of your mind. It's the space between your mind and your mind. No, that's what Atticus said. Hank started no, wearing gap. Polos. Yeah, Hank. Yeah. Buy me a sweater. Yeah. Did you guys have those Gap sweatshirts when you were younger that just had Gap and every cool kid had them? Because if not, you were a loser. I never shopped at the Gap. Thank uh, you, Roxy. Ever. Losers. Me make me do it. That's right. I mean, uh, you know. Oh, that's, that's later. Sorry. Uh, that is later. I love, I love that Faith shows her boobs and even her... Weren't you curious about this? So maybe... Um, to see them? Ma- no, maybe Maggie Grace is, just has a contract where she doesn't like to be nude. Because we have nudity on the show all the time. And no, a lot of times, like, Karen won't show, you know, like... Right. The main women don't necessarily show their breasts. But, yeah, I, I know, I, but Marcy has, yeah, I think. No. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, maybe once in the whole series. Like, it's very... Yeah, I'm just wondering about it. It's interesting. Why? Because <laughs> I wanted to see him. Where's the Kenzie scale on you? <laughs> I don't, don't know what that means. From zero to six, how gay are you? What's it called? The Kenzie scale. Oh. Somewhere in between. Okay. You're about a three then. Well, no, anyway. maybe probably a two. Ugh. All right. By the way, that was a reference to how Richard... Richard said that tonight when Faith did come in. He's like, you know, the, the Kenzie scale would be yeah, confused tonight. I forgot yeah. that it was called that, but yep. Um, Bates is probably my favorite character on the show. Batesy. But, but yes, they, they got to find a way to get Atticus some drugs because they need to get him back. And the only way Gabriel will talk to them is, of course, Gabriel asks about now, Bates. Let's look at this. Uh, uh, for Faith, you know, well, we discussed her line, right? Is it, for Hank, is a selfish reason to get Atticus out? Like, I want to explore that notion. Getting Atticus out of rehab, is it selfish or not selfish? I think if we didn't love Hank and Faith so much, I don't mean as a couple, I mean the two characters, then we would look at this and be like, wow, this is really effed up. Atticus has just spent his whole life using drugs and being a rock star, and now he's finally clean and wanting to stay clean. And we have these two jackasses coming in trying to convince him to do otherwise. I mean, it's still effed up, even though we love him. I mean, we can still clearly see it's effed but, up. Even though, but now I'm able to justify it. I'm like, but he's a rock star, and he should be doing what he's doing. And if it takes drugs to do that, then drugs it is. <laughs> like, but, I don't know but what's also how, how, you know, I mean, granted, we didn't see a lot of it, but how ultimately better is he at, with rehab? Well, I mean, it's, it's not even that he's giving up the drugs and he's giving up that stuff. He's, like, giving up everything. It's yeah. like he even's like, a fly coach. Business. I mean, I probably won't fly at all. It's like, I mean, 
come on, you they do kind of hit on it where you're disappointing the fans, but you don't need to be on drugs and need to be partying all the time to still stay in making music and treating your fans with the respect they deserve. I mean, this is kind of like to totally sell out a concert, to have all these plans in the making, then renege on a $10 million deal with the whole concert, with the whole tour. I mean, just don't do drugs. Even if you suck a little bit more, just don't do drugs. Don't cancel the whole thing and screw over everyone who is like what Becca says. Wow, Roxy, what do you got? Um, I think some people are meant to be on drugs. <laughs> I'm not it. saying that's wrong. I'm saying if he's going to go this route of the rehab route, he shouldn't be canceling everything. I completely agree with you, and it's so effed up to say, and I'm going to get like so many hate messages being like, you're horrible and against all this drug use. No, I don't think most people are used to be using drugs. But if you're in that lifestyle and you're an addict, there's no way you can be touring around people who are, like, all over doing drugs after you're just out of rehab, after you've been there for, what, a week? And then just think that you're not going to use... Like a, how long was it? A day? Maybe three? Probably probably a day. It was literally Runkle coming home I mean, saying touring, Atticus quit and... Touring yeah. around is the exciting and stressful period of time, and that's not when you're trying to quit drugs. When you're trying to quit drugs, you need to be relaxed. You need to be at your own time. Like, I just don't think it would work. So I think coming out of rehab, you, he wouldn't be able to come out of rehab and just perform. And also, I think, I think ultimately for Atticus, he lost his muse. Just yeah. like Hank did. I mean, right uh, later on, Atticus is talking about, you know, on tours, I write at my best because it's exciting and blah, blah. You know, and I, I don't... You know, here's the thing. I think there's a common misconception that uh, a lot of rockers and things like yes, there's there's drug use and things like that. But ultimately, I don't think you know the people that I know they could not be at the level they are at if all they did was just that. You know, what I mean, they they do Absolutely. work hard, and you know, uh, I think it's it's at those moments when they're not doing that that they turn to drug use. No, absolutely. I'm not saying every single person should be. Really, really effed up on drugs all the time. Like, please don't get me wrong, but I don't think that him coming out, I don't think he'd be able to come out of rehab and, and do his tour without using drugs. Oh, well, that's true. And you're, you're right to a point when you said he lost his muse. I mean, we have the whole thing with his wife and how they're getting divorced and everything. But he really does love his wife. I mean, his mindset is that of a child, though. And he's like of a rock god. So he really doesn't think of it as like, oh, I'm just having sex with all these women, but I still have my wife. I really love her. I mean, no, it's like... He he said to Hank, he's like, there, I've fucked, sorry, so many women in my life, but there's been only one woman that I've loved. I mean, he is married to the woman he loves, and that, to a point, could have been his muse. You don't think he's going to fall in love with Tweaker Rapist? God. <laughs> She's I, so I, weird. She's I love, so weird. I love the line, though, where... <laughs> where where he's like, you're going you're gonna to see what it's like to make love to a ginger rock guy. And it's like, no, you're going to know what it's like to get raped by a tweaker. And bleed. Oh, my God. And one of us will bleed. Yummy. It's not me. He says, I can't wait. Freaks. Some people are just better equipped to have sex with each other. Oh, my God. Weird. This is what I grew up on. Um. No, not. What? <laughs> this kind of television. This, 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 this. You know, I know. Yeah. Last week when we were watching in the studio, your mom was here, and she's like, "I don't know if I understand this show. Is this a popular show?" We're like, "Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it is." Well, last week wasn't as bad. I don't think it I don't wasn't. Know. No, it wasn't. I don't think. Um, what do we think of all the drugs and rehab? I, by the way, all right. So Richard Bates, I'll 
go ahead, Stephen. Talk about Richard Batesy and why you love this part and why you love Richard. Well, of course we love Richard. I mean, going back to where we mentioned Richard beginning in this episode is when he asked Gabriel, like, well, did you go to Fist? And he's like, yeah. And he's like, what did you think? It was like Disneyland. That was a pretty funny thing, thinking about that's where the last time we see Richard is, and it's like the fetish club. Um, so Richard, we are introduced to him giving a lecture at his school, talking about, and this is a good point to make with Becca, where we were arguing last week upon what we think about Becca going on the trip or writing first, then going on the trip or what's that is. And his whole lecture is go out and live and do whatever the fuck you want and then write. So we kind of see where the difference is between what Hank and Richard are on writing scale here just by a small lecture he's doing. I thought it was really cool that no matter what he was talking about, if you're a teacher and you can get your student to be that engaged... I think it's really important. Honestly, like, whether it was an important lecture, he's talking about going out and sleeping with people and traveling and doing things that, like drugs and whatever it is. So obviously not that, but to be able to have the, um, the skills and just, like, the personality to keep an entire room so interested and stand up and clap, you know, you could stand on top of a room and be like, you should go out and have sex with as many people as you possibly can before you write, you know, and nobody's going to be listening to you. But he's just, like, awesome and loud and living it and jumping around and sweating and has these two assistants, and I think that's cool. I would love to see him as a professor. I'd love to see some of his lectures. Well, it's such a, it's such a contrast between Hank because we see we have that whole cross-section of Hank as a teacher in the season, and we have... Batesy, who does this whole lecture, and everyone loves him and everything, and then he's got his two TAs that he's going to go have sex with, and he's open, completely open about it. Then we have Hank, who's just sleeping the whole class, doesn't give a shit, and then he's sleeping with his TAs, but he's keeping it so under wraps, like, no freedom or anything like that. So it's just a very stark contrast, yet they're both the two people that Becca looks to more. But getting more into that, I mean, of course, Hank and Karen, or no, no, Hank and Faith show up. I keep getting it mixed up, because Faith and Karen just, I mean, they are... They're supposed to. They are, they are. Um, They get them, and just the whole conversation they have, where they're just talking to each other, and it's like, what what do you guys need? Like, we want to sneak drugs into rehab. He's like, sounds great, let's do it. It's like, well, there you go. I need a a Batesy in my life. Okay. Let's find him. I can work on that. So now they go to rehab, Gabriel is not paying attention to anything except Bates. And Hank just walks by to say hello to Atticus with several bags of narcotics. A that big I bag did of- feel bad about because, you know, even if we want Atticus out, like, is it, is it good to make everybody else relapse? Mm. No. Is, yes. your, is your life so much more better and important that it's more important to get Atticus out and ruin these 20 other people's lives? He, he did say, he did say this is something we should talk about in private. And Atticus says, these are all my friends. If you want to say it to me, you can say it to all of them. Good point. I mean, Attic- that's point. what happened. And Atticus kind of... Lo- he looked like he was on a throne, like, as he was there. He was, like, in betwixt of all his junky friends. Yeah. In his drug land. He was, he was on, ultimately on a throne, and... Uh, I don't know how I feel about Gabriel snorting coke, but hey... I guess he's enlightened as well. I guess soon we'll know how Gabriel feels about Gabriel snorting coke. Just bite the peach. Oh my god. That was oh that. My god. that girl had a banging body though. I oh, was like, okay. She did. Kenzie scale shifting again. Going and up the, to uh, maybe I'm at a four now. Jeez. The mangina was back. Oh, thank God. <laughs> I missed that mangina. 
Really? Yeah, I love it. Even Seth, he's just so funny, and like this this actor has no shame, and the character has no shame, and it's perfect. Well, you just you just think back. Every time I see him, I can just imagine the first scene where he's like, "You want a drink? Oh no, I gotta have a drink with you." Haven't stitched the stuff in 14 years. It's, it's amazing. <laughs> it just set everything into motion. And I love that Hank doesn't hate Batesy. And even when Batesy was with Karen, he doesn't like Batesy is just, there's so many, pers- they would be best friends. Like, I just, I just think he's an amazing character as well. I agree. Uh, so let's, let's shift into Karen and, and Hank. Or uh, is it, is it Faith and uh, Hank? Who the hell knows? No, Karen and Hank with, and Becca. And the leaving. Well, so so leaving, right? Um, you know, first let's let's talk about the little speech by boyfriend. Oh God, <laughs> it's like he I mean, he he gets awkward, then endears himself, then it gets awkward. Other than seeing him in the hot tub, have we seen him? Yeah, we've seen we've seen him at rehab. We've seen him in the hot tub. We we've seen him. We've seen glimpses of him. It, I'm frightened for Becca, but you know he's a he's a nerd ultimately. I just think it's a weird storyline, whatever. I mean, they'll come back from Europe, and I don't know if they'll be together anymore, but it's fine. I think he's weird and trying. You know, you get nervous in front of your girlfriend's parents, and you're, you try to say the right thing, but instead you end up talking about sex. Doesn't that happen to you guys? No, it just it just everything comes out all wrong. I mean, even when you're like, people take things different way. Like, that just comes out all wrong. Right. Um, Right before that, though, we do have an interesting conversation with Becca that just there's only one thing that I really wanted to draw out of that is when Becca is talking to Hank about like him and Karen. Yeah. And he's and she tells him, she's like, there's no winning in this game. You're playing a game. You're treating her like something to be won back. Yeah. But there's no winning in this game. I wrote that down she's as, as well. fucked up as you are. That's true. And just as incredible. Yeah. There you go. So, I mean, that, that was, I mean, we and have I, our I moment. love that Becca said that because, you know what, it's like, we always look at, we put Karen on a pedestal because Hank put, puts Karen on a pedestal. But Karen really has done some messed up things, too. And she's just as effed up as Hank is. And they're both just as gorgeous as well. I mean, just look at, I mean, just look at last, was it last episode or the episode before that where she does the whole thing to Hank on the beach where she's like, I was trying to get back at you and I was turning into you. Right. Yeah. I mean, was that last episode? That was two episodes ago. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's just like with, she with she is a little bit fucked up. She's also fucked up because of Hank, but at the same time, it's like you can't blame it all on him. But then we have a problem because she's like, listen, Becca says to Hank, listen, don't stand still. Like, if you know, move, do something. So Hank's like, you want to go take a walk? And we take that as kind of a metaphor, like him not standing still and him going for a walk with Karen, you know? And then Karen says... It kind of feels like the end of something. And she's wondering, was Becca the only thing holding the two of them together still? And and that really scares me. Because I don't want a world without Hank and Karen together. And I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna bring this up because only because you you and I watched the Roxy, so I, I didn't get your reaction, Stephen. Um, you said, "Have we ever seen Hank cry?" Mm-hmm. And the reason I bring that up is because he makes a joke and he says, "You know, I was, I'm just trying to keep it light." You know, perhaps the right thing to have done in that moment was to show your emotion in front of Karen. Right. Absolutely. I I turned to you and asked you that for that reason, because, you know, even as Becca's leaving and Karen's really upset, it's not like we see Karen hysterically cry all the time, but we have seen her tear up multiple times. And when it comes to Karen, I you have to know that Hank probably feels like crying inside. He's in love with a woman that 
won't be with him right now, and that is gut-wrenching within itself. No matter who you are, the emotion, there's sadness there. You can cover it with a bunch of other things, but there is sadness there. And like you're saying, I wonder if he would be better off just kind of letting it out and being like, listen, life without you is a life I don't want to live. But he he does do that at times, and she always just kind of turns it down. I mean, he's his his idea of letting her in on the emotions of Becca leaving was him, like, let's go on a walk. Because he never just jumps into things like that. He would be like, let's go on a walk, and then slowly through the walk, it would turn into that. But then when she turns him down on that, he's just like, okay, well, you want me to come inside? And then she says, no, I want to solo cry. And that's when he kind of reverts back to old Hank making the joke about, oh, that sounds like you're rubbing one out. I mean... I mean, he is his so own character. So you think character. if she had said yes to the walk, he would have approached it and said something? Yeah, I think I think the walk was it was like a it was like a defense mechanism as like the walk was his. Okay, I want to open up. I want to open up. No. Okay, let's go inside. I want to open up. And I want no. Go into joke mode as defense mechanism because I don't want to show my emotions right away. Okay. I understand that, but you have to also understand that you know uh, there's certain tactics that you have to take. And you should know the person, right? So if you really know Karen, that wouldn't have been your first tactic. That's a great first tactic for a first date. I think yeah. that's an excellent point is that you have to know your audience. And for him, like, and even, we don't even know if Karen didn't want him to go on the walk or come inside. That's a girl thing to do. Like, when a guy says, do you want to take a walk and you're kind of upset and whatever, you're like, no, I think I should be by myself. A lot of times, girls, that's a girl saying, you better come inside with me. Right now, women. Effing women. Well, like... A man! <laughs> sorry, guys. Sorry. No, but, I mean... You know it's true. Just it's a, so true, and that's what eats me up inside. If Hank... If Hank... Because Hank asked her if she wanted to go on a walk, she escaped. If Hank honestly just turned around and started walking away, she would have gone after him. I know. I'm totally just doing that. It's, I mean, we need a diagram. Yeah, a, a Venn diagram. Well... Why don't we get into predictions? Because everything else we're going to say is going to be a prediction. I also kind of liked where she's like, this is the empty nest. And it's like, don't worry. When she gets back, she's a writer. So she'll be unemployed for the next decade anyway. Yeah. She'll have to stay with one of us. Absolutely. And and talking more about that into predictions, Hank says, um, if I try and fail, what will I have left? Referring to Karen. And I think that's another reason why he doesn't push it more. Because he's nervous that if she ever completely shuts him down, he will... He will be hopeless and left completely alone. Yeah, but you got to commit a hundred percent. Yeah. So is he to. going to commit a hundred percent to this tour, or is he going to commit a hundred percent to staying home and fighting for Karen? He will have to choose next episode. That's what I'm asking you guys. I think he's going to choose he, Karen. He says faith is perfect, but then we do see him down on one knee proposing to Karen. Do you you see- heard my boy meets world argument. Do you see Karen in the same scene? I didn't get to see the previews. Yeah, you do. You see. You see. Um, on stage, Marcy and Runkle are getting married from Atticus, and, okay. and Atticus says, is there anybody else in the crowd who would like to get married? And Hank gets down on one knee, and Karen, you don't see her response, but she's standing there. I think that Showtime would not have showed that if Karen is planning on saying yes, because it would have been too obvious and they don't want to give away the finale. That makes me think that she does not say yes to his proposal, which of course makes me want to go home and gouge my eyes out. Well... Wow. And Tell us how you really feel. feel. That. I don't know if I can make... Roxy, I have to pre-screen this episode. I know. And, and, so and so then I'll case. decide whether or not you, it's appropriate for you to watch. Steven, any thoughts from you? Um, 
honestly, I don't really have that many. I, I didn't get to see the previews. I don't really know what's coming next because I was thinking something else before you said the, the proposal Would you thing. rather him choose Karen or Faith? Um... Not in I, life in general. Just I'm, I'm still I'm still sticking with the fact that he's going to make the choice, and the like he'll choose faith, but faith won't be there when he gets there. Okay. All right. Uh, I can I ninety five percent think Marilyn Manson is in the last episode. Well, yeah. Duh. Right, well, thank you, Roxy. Where can we find you? <laughs> on Twitter at Roxy Stryer and on Instagram at RoxyYourWorld with two D's. You can find me on Twitter at Stephen Lemieux or on Instagram at SR Lemieux or on Facebook at slash SR Lemieux Photo or here at AfterBuzz TV doing many other shows and in the booth. Yes, and you can find us here at AfterBuzz TV. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, we'll be here for the finale and we'll try to, we'll, we'll uh, stay tuned for that Patrick Fischler interview. Uh, until next Sunday. Happy Easter. That's Sunday. Right. From Bing.com, executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later, The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 